Um, thank you for meeting with me tonight in this virtual sense. Um, we bumped into each other on the the bridge going over the what is that? That's the A three two nine M. You were going one way, I was going another. It was very early in the morning. Um, I was out on a morning constitutional walk, um, and you were on your way to work. Um, and I asked if you would be willing to just do this and answer a question. So the idea we have is we're going to ask one question um, and the same question to people who've got something to say. Um, you've become one of those people to us, um, you know, quite reflective and you've, you've been around with us for a long time. <clears throat> and I always remember my, actually my father-in-law, he, he's a, a Baptist minister and he, he's, he says, if you want to be long, then you have to be long in a place. And, um, you know, we feel that about you because you've been with us from the start. Um, so the question is this, what did your younger self need to know? I mean, it, there's 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 actually quite a lot in that question, isn't there? Really, it's only a short question, but there's a lot of stuff there. I think for me, I didn't know how um, what I was growing up in wasn't what I was supposed to be growing up in. You know, I, I got um, exposed to an adult world at a very early age. I was growing up in a house with someone else that had their own addiction and all the chaos that that caused. Um, and then, you know, not coming home, sorry, coming home was quite, um, could be quite a traumatic experience for me because I never quite knew what I was walking into, but I didn't know that any of that wasn't okay. I just thought it was what, what I had to do. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't speak to anyone about um, any of the stuff that was going on at the house ever, really, until I was about 18, but by the or 19, something like that anyway, late teens, early 20s. And um, by then it was far too late for me. I was sort of, I was in my own problem, like trouble. I was in quite a lot of trouble by that point, to be fair. Um, so here you are as a young boy, growing up in a way that, has become normalized for you and you have found your way to survive yeah I, I think my my way of coping with that was to try and not face it at all um i i do remember on more than one occasion like attempting to address the argument that i had had with my mum the night before which was you know most nights and you know when i was sort of in my early teens i remember having that conversation you know what was all that about last night kind of thing and my mum just carried on like nothing had happened and um you know still I, I just assumed her bad mood was because she was very hungover the next day and, or whatever and she just didn't want to address it um so I didn't know that she I didn't realize that she might because of her drinking might not remember those conversations because I didn't know what a blackout alcoholic was until very recently actually so um i think my way to survive was just to to not face it at all and 
I learned very quickly to just forget about the arguments that we had when she was drunk because she wouldn't bring them up again until she'd been drinking again and then it would be part of an argument. It was never, nothing was ever addressed in a healthy way. Um, but in, you know, in some way that has kind of taught me to let things go a bit as well. Like now, if you know what I mean, like I try not to, when I have an argument with someone, I try not to hold on to it too much, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it has, there are some positive stuff that, positive stuff that's come from it. But at the time it was really, really good. So, so you were that young chap, right? Um, you can reflect now and you can look back and you can think what was missing or what messages you didn't have. I mean, I wonder, can you identify those? And that brings us back to that question, you know, what did that, what did that boy who was surviving doing the best he could? I know that way of surviving led to other issues, but what did that, that young boy need to know that would have maybe brought some comfort? What message? And maybe the message wouldn't have been in words, but you would have picked up something from someone. Um, personally, I think that if I'd had, um, I'd if I'd had somewhere where I, we weren't educated on feelings or what was going, you know, like what was going on, what was going on with us in any way, shape, or form. I, I sort of listen to people that are in the education system now and um, from both ends, and it sounds like they're doing much better stuff at school than they were when I was at school, which is a good thing. I think I would have needed to, to know some more stability in my life. Um, but just having a, a positive male role model probably would have helped, like a, like a stable, permanent one, you know? Because um, I didn't have that at all. No one ever taught me the value of money. I've still got quite a bad relationship with money. Um, it's better than it was, do you know what I mean? But to me, I didn't care about money at all. It, it came and it went because no one ever told me the value of, you know, trying to do things on your own. Everything was uh, a quick fix. For me, I didn't really have to worry about money when I was younger, I was quite lucky. So we went from having nothing to having quite a bit because of my mum's first husband. So, um, yeah, I would have just needed, uh, no one ever, I don't remember anyone ever actually going out of their way to teach me how to do life in any way, shape or form. You obviously pick up the, uh, the messages as you go along. Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I've never had anyone try and make me educate myself. My mum was very keen on me doing my GCSEs, but didn't appear to be very bothered about what grade I got. Um, Certainly there was no enforcement of working towards good grades or very little anyway. Um, I mean, I really and truthfully, I think because of my mum's addiction, I got away with like murder really, you know, like I, I imagine most normal people noticing just how high or drunk their child is when they walk into the house. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I never got pulled on it once. And my mum actually said to me that she, 
she goes, she goes, she did say to me actually, thinking about it, I could. She goes, sometimes I can tell that you've been drinking or whatever when you come home, but there's no point in me having to go at you about that because I know as soon as you walk out this door, whatever you do is totally out of my control. So what's the point? You know, um, and I think by the time I was, I don't know, yeah, well, fourteen, I can remember being on holiday with that her and my stepdad at the time, and it being completely acceptable for me to be getting absolutely plastered so you know there is a lot of um yeah quite unhealthy stuff going on but i didn't know any different do you know what i mean i think i would have needed someone to point quite a lot of stuff out to me and i, I guess with this we're presuming that i would have listened i don't even think i would have listened as a teenager to say the truth uh, i think you, you hit an important point there um, as a teenager, you've already developed sophisticated ways to survive. And some of those behaviours are about covering up pain, insecurity. And we don't think of them in that way. You know, I'm doing this to cover that up. But they're well-worn by then. And often it takes a, a, a dramatic event to make us challenge and change. But by the sounds of it, it needed to happen. A message needed to get through to you even before your teenage years, something in the very formative years. Yeah, I mean, my stepdad was a good guy. Um, like my mum's first husband. I oh, like to be fair, both of our husbands have been quite good guys. Um, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't allowed to be the dad that I think he wanted to be because my mum was still very much doing this. Um, defensive single parent attitude towards him when he wanted to discipline me or, or whatever you know so I think if um if he'd been allowed to be as involved as I think he wanted to be um things might have been a bit different I, it must have been really hard for him uh so you know from like very early in the relationship it must have been very difficult for him because of my mum and you know i i don't not i'm not suggesting that he was a saint and my mum was a nightmare i think they both had a part to play in the downfall of the relationship but um yeah to take on a woman and her child and then have the woman have the issues that my mum had and then behave the way she behaved must have been really difficult for him and i don't blame him for splitting up with my mum at all because i think i would have done so um I think if he'd been allowed to just be the husband and father that he wanted to be, he things might well have turned out a bit different because he's a really positive guy. Like the stuff that he's done with his life's like amazing. Um, it's very well educated, um, university educated back in the seventies, you know, when it cost a fortune to do and not very many people did it. Do you know what I mean? That sort of stuff or the eighties maybe, um, you know, so uh, yeah things might well have turned out a bit different but i think it's so the, so the message that someone cared enough to put some boundaries in would have been quite important yeah back on it now yeah and all of the it's a subject I've, I've not really looked at too much but all of i've noticed that all of the boundaries that were in place were put in place by my mum who by all accounts sounds like she was an absolute nightmare as a teenager. Went through some traumatic stuff when she was a child because of the way that her parents split up. And, um, you know, 
she had a really tough life, like a really, really tough life, you know, multiple bouts of cancer, drinking problem, you know, all the other stuff that went on in her childhood, which I'm sure I only know a bit about, mm. you know, so, um, she, you know, I, I don't, I don't really put much blame on her for it because I know she did the best she could. And I also know that she loved me, do you know what I mean? But it was, yeah, there was so much stuff that could have been, should have been very, very different. I don't think I was brought up in a particularly healthy environment for a child to be in, really. Mm -hmm. um, even like before I knew about her drinking problem, it was totally acceptable for me to be down the pub all the time not all the time, but you know, like when so back in the days when pubs used to close at three and then over again at five, you know, what I mean, it was it was very normal for me to be down the pub with her and her mates um, as a child, as a young young child in the afternoon, which um, I suppose is not the worst thing in the world. But when you've got when you're being exposed to that world at such a young age and not really having anyone else in my family in any way, shape or form, not even remotely close to me in age. All the, all I was doing as a child was spending, you know, a lot of my family time was with people that were in their like twenties or late, you know, late teens and twenties. And of course, what most people in their late teens and twenties, when they get together are all going out and having a bit of a party, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So, and it was okay for me to be in that sort of environment. So, um, as cool as it was at the time, I think what it did was teach me that uh, adults just drink when they're having fun. Do you know what I mean? There's no, I never got shown any way of enjoying myself other than socializing with, with alcohol. But I also saw what the alcohol did to my mum. I didn't want to be like that. So I started taking drugs because I didn't know of any other way to socialize. And it's funny you mentioned the word insecurity, you know, like I, or insecure, I would be, quite an insecure person in social events because uh with people my own age because I, most of my time growing up my social stuff wasn't outside of school wasn't really spent with or you know like the big events anyway you know parties and whatever whenever we did that with my family everyone was older than me so when it came to relating to people my own age I found that quite difficult sometimes um and I felt really, really insecure in that. And then, of course, I'd medicate those feelings with drinking. Do you know what I mean? If I want to go, if I want to go and chat that girl up, I'm going to get drunk first. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not good enough to do it sober. So, um, yeah, you know, and I still kind of feel a bit like that now, if I'm being honest. It's it's more manageable than it was. Uh, I think I've sort of come, just come to the realisation it's actually okay to feel like that rather than trying to achieve something which I'm never going to achieve, which is to be like a the idea of what a bloke should be because no one ever taught me how to be a, a bloke, do you know what I mean, or a man. Um, so all I've got is this kind of false bravado version of blokes down the pub or, you know, the way guys are on building sites or, you know, the sort of thing that you'd see on TV those were the only examples I had. So, um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of that stuff that goes worse, you know, a lot of it that goes on is completely false, isn't it? Especially when everyone's drunk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's... Um, yeah. So, so at the moment, you're doing a lot of... Well, you, you've, you've done a lot of work with um, different 
agencies that help families. Um, I don't know how much one-to-one work you've done with younger people, but when you're doing that piece of work with the families, um, kind of what are you trying to communicate to them? Because I know you, you can share your story, but what, what do you want them to know? I think often, um, especially when people are new in the stuff that I do, um, they're always kind of saying stuff like, oh, my story's not as bad as the other stories that I'm listening to here and all this sort of stuff. And I think it's really important for those family members to know that it doesn't really matter whether their story is any worse or better than anyone else's because it's as bad as it's, it's for them, you know, it's their story. And if it's bad for them, it's bad for them, you know. Um, and also that what the, what they're being put through isn't okay, but it might not end for quite some time. And it, just for them to know that actually, no matter how long it goes on for, it there are people out there that are willing to help. Mm. You know, it's um, sometimes it's really painful to do especially when they're talking about a child that's behaving in a way that I completely relate to. I'm like, oh, my days, I did that to someone. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, and um, so it's, for me, it reminds me of some of the stuff that I've done as well and keeps me away from doing it again because I literally see week in, week out what this is doing to other people, which is a new experience. Um, yeah, but I think it's really, really important for those families just to know that they're not alone. No matter what happens, they're, they're not alone. And there are people they can talk to, people that want to listen. Because, you know, as addicts, we cause a lot of pain to everyone around us, you know, and I know that from both sides of the coin. I know it because I've caused it and I've had to receive it as well. So, yeah, it's... That's really, really insightful, actually. Um, Neil because actually the the hope that you would have liked to have had as a young boy that that guidance that hope um, that forms part of your work now so that that's the the kind of connection between it look thank you very much for answering those questions um I, I do want to make one thing clear you said you got you know, you got away with murder when you were young. Um, just want to make sure the listeners know it wasn't actually murder. It's just a turn of phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but we are so happy that you belong with us and, and our community. And I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and your story with us. Yeah, Thanks no, very much, Val. Thank you for asking me. No worries. We'll be seeing you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah.